0: Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the first review of an actual match. Uh, Not a good one for us, not a good result, as we ended up losing 13-12, 90-5 goals, 13-43. It was hard to watch at times, um, but, you know, obviously putting everything into context, given it's a preseason, we didn't want to get too excited when it was a win last week, so we shouldn't get too down on the loss tonight. But we'll chat about it. Dan, good evening to you, mate. Hey everyone, how are we all doing, mate? Give me a give me a high level. How are you feeling at the moment? Are you, are you settling down? Uh, it's it's good to be back uh, watching actual games, I guess.
1: Well, I think I think it depends what avenue you look at it. For me, the style of football Teague was trying to play was there. I think we lacked. That type, of, that type of game plan for it to work needs efficient ball users and people to be on top. It's a high risk, high reward. I think Mark Murphy Costa's not been there, he's mm-hmm. that kind of person that helps the cogs moving. But I mean, it, it's game one, man. I mean, people have got to remember, and I'll say this, I've said this in three groups today already. Team, brilliant in preseason. We were rolling teams, and look how that turned out. I'd rather us have our
0: bad games now. Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. And again, I think depending on what your focus is for the for the preseason, I mean, these type of games, we've got a lot of good minutes into a few good players. I think ultimately, no matter what, doesn't matter what level you're playing at or what you're trying to do, I think we all want to see, um, you know, the skills. And I think to see the turnovers is probably where most of the disappointment's coming from. Because from what I could tell, and again, we will get into it, but from what I could see, uh, the way we were trying to move the ball, it looked good. It's just a matter of executing. That was really the issue. Just too many of those kicks. That that end product, as they say, you know, in the Premier League, you know, sort of undoing all the hard work. It just seemed to keep happening.
1: Yeah, it, it just didn't quite come off today. You have them. I'd rather have them days in Mandura with, like, you know, uh, in a nothing game. Like, I'd rather. Have that. I mean. I'm not rushing to cash out $250 on Cal and Top 8. I'm not rushing to do it. It's set, sat there. I'm still confident. So until Dan starts panicking, no one panic.
0: Yeah, that's it. That's it. Um, yeah, I, it's just I, I try and stay away from from the – I try and keep myself as grounded as possible. But, yeah, we'll get into it. Uh, good evening to you all tonight who are, who are joining us. Uh, it's good to be able – I guess this is the beauty for us Victorians who have – to watch interstate games from from home is that we, we have a quicker time to get back online and and dissect. So I can imagine most of the people online here will be uh, people who were not at the game today. And if you were, please shout out. Um, let's uh, let's let's start with I guess. I mean, I, we'll run through the game as well. I think quarter by quarter, just some of the notes that that I took down here, and maybe I'll share some of it with with you as well. And I want to get you guys in the audience involved as well. So anything you see. Uh please feel free to, to add. So first quarter it I mean some of the standouts for me in that first quarter and this guy especially for me, I should probably start with with Zach Fisher. I, I personally really enjoyed his game given that it was the first run for that for him for the year. He didn't play last week. Um what did you think of his game?
1: Let's put it this way, right? Last two years I've I have i I've liked Sam Fisher, but I've probably not liked him enough. Mm. But tonight Wow, Like he, he really looked like a footballer. He reminded me back in 2018 when he started to show something and he got injured when he was playing in the midfield. Mm-hmm. And today he really showed it. He was everywhere. If you look at the heat maps when we put them up, you'll see this guy was everywhere. Really, really good. He was a great foil to young Sam Walsh. And that's a really exciting takeout. Sam Walsh and Fisher, they combined really well. That really- big take for
0: me yeah I agree I I thought um few few players really played well for the majority of the game but I thought you hit the nail on the head there Sam Walsh and and Zach Fisher both played their role and 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 did a pretty good job of it um we will get Zach Fisher's heat map up at the moment so for those at home Dan tracked five players uh and looked at their heat maps and they're ready right now and we're going to show you two of them Right now, and I think Dan, you'll uh, do whatever you do with the other three. But let's look at Zach Fisher to start. So this is exactly where he won the ball. Dan, maybe run me through what you were seeing here, and 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 basically what was going through your mind here.
1: Just got to remember that I saved the file of Sam Fisher. I couldn't find him. Um, yes. Yeah, so what we're looking at here is um, young Zach Fisher. As you can see here, he was. A really good outlet of relief. You look at the two marks he took to the left of the ground. We're going right to left, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, I forgot to put the arrows up. That was the question last week. Right to left. So if you look at the marks he took, he was always an outlet ball. He always made himself available. He peeled off his man really well. I thought his movement was exceptional. Um, and I thought what he did really well, and this is something that we've been talking about a lot at Analytics Corner about other teams is the ability to move the ball from congestion outward. He was a really vital part from that. There was a few times here, particularly the touches he got in the centre square, how quickly he looked to get that off to a runner or do the running himself. It was really, I thought, a complete performance from young Zach Fisher. I really enjoyed his game today, and let's hope he takes that into round
0: one. Yep. Yeah, I'm just taking the graphic off now. So as we can see here, 27 disposals, three marks and a tackle and. And he played that midfield role that we spoke about a lot over the last few weeks, um, obviously with Martin coming into the side and, and Beth coming into the side, and we know that Jack Silvani and Matt Kennedy are these guys who are going to be playing in that forward role. It allowed Fish to become the midfielder that he was, that full-time midfielder, because we know that towards the back end of last year is when he started playing in that half-forward role or, or more minutes in that forward line, and that's probably where the inconsistency started to show up. Um, but I think the other thing as well, just the way that he ran quarters out, and that's really what I was looking at for him, because he, he spoke about how he was on a different, um, you know, on a different running program this year. He worked with Brent Stanton and did some extras, and I thought that showed because he was there and thereabouts. He didn't have too many long periods throughout the game between each quarter where he went missing, and I just that's a tick for me. If he's getting anywhere near 25 or more disposals, that's right where he's got to be to take that next step.
1: I think, I think the top midfielders in the comp have about four or five players that can ascertain 25 touches and above on any given day. Yeah. And I think so. if we're honest with Carlton, we've probably got three. Yeah. Well, Fisher looks like he's just stepped into that column today. Mm-hmm. So that's really exciting now because Setterfield also looks like he's getting on the hands on the ball a lot as well. So we could really push that five, six player bracket.
0: Yep, totally agree. Uh, it, it's something I liked moving forward, and again because it was his first run of the year as an as an actual game. That's the other thing we've all got to remember. This was the first proper game that they played. Yeah, they had a bit of a scratch match last week, but it was very raw. Uh, this was, you know, another level up in terms of the intensity and the structure. So, yeah, look, it was it was a good start, and uh, I'm pretty happy with what I saw, and that that was one of the few big ticks for me for the day. Let's move on to Sam Walsh because he had a very interesting heat map as well. Um again, he just keeps on keeping on, and he was one that we wanted to look at today. Knowing that Cripps was out, you know, we looked at Setterfield and, and, and Fisher and, and this guy Walsh and we, we said, you know, look, without Cripps, who's gonna be able to step up and, and sort of keep the pace going? And you know, he you know, the new leader, you know, he's obviously a young leader, but he's a new leader for our football club and he didn't disappoint today. Twenty-eight disposals Three marks and five tackles. And if you're just joining us, good evening uh, and welcome. This is the, the heat map for Sam Walsh's game, which has been prepared by Dan. So, Dan, uh, take us through what you saw from Sam Walsh. And for you in the audience, talk to me about Sam Walsh's game.
1: What is the to say? We, we went to see Jack McCrea yesterday, and he absolutely he was one of the contributing factors to shafting my multi. <laughs> Watching Sam Walsh today, how wasn't he in that team? I mean, I made a big call the other day. I've had a few bits of stick from the lovely Collingwood fans saying that Walsh is, going to be, Walsh is a smoky for the Brownlow. To me, what's exciting, no Cripper today. So he showed he can step up in that responsibility. You've got to remember, this midfield has got Cripps and Murphy to come back. Two people who were pivotal to this game plan. And the next... They have stepped up Fisher and Walsh. That's really exciting because the space Walsh had today, he's gonna to have a hell of a lot more of when you've got Murphy and Cripper around. They're, they're natural drawers of players. So you look at this here, it's a total masterclass. This kind of heat map we'd see from players like Danger when he's on fire, McRae, Fife. This is a total midfield, just this is how a midfielder plays nowadays. You look at all these possessions he's had down back. You look, it's almost like it's a split screen. It's even at the front of the half of the ground as well. This guy is everywhere. You are seeing the next dominant force rising before our very eyes. And I don't care about the score today. We've got this kid. This kid is someone we're going to tell our grandkids about and ball the absolute pants off them, telling you, come on, everyone, get
0: excited. Get around
1: (laughs) it, Blue.
0: Yeah, look. Some of the things he was doing today are pretty special. We 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 seem like we're already repeating ourselves, but the ability to hold a tackle and buy himself some time can't be understated. You know, uh, the way that he's able to do that, given the you know given the 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 size of him, uh, it's impressive. And again, he he was a leader, and now that comes with extra expectations. So when he doesn't hit a target. There's gonna be criticism coming to, you know his way, even though he is so young. But I thought he was pretty good. And yeah, you hit the nail on the head. This is a very special kid. Um, he did tackle well. Anthony Walsh is he's, he's pointing that out as well. And again, those are you know two of the positives that we'll take away from this. Um, again, for me, I don't know about you guys in the audience, but I was looking more so at game style one and and then I looked at individual performances too. And I think the glaring thing that we're missing that I don't know if we're going to get a quick fix anytime soon, but it's the, the lack of forward targets. I mean, I thought Levi was pretty good today, in the way that he presented whether he was marking or bringing the ball to ground. I even thought Tom DeConning did that pretty well as well. But in terms of having those extra numbers forward, when you know Tom's in the ruck or, or Levi's in the ruck, and you know you can't always kick the Levi, we just lacked it, and it seemed like the guys that we were kicking long to were too small.
1: We, we became North Melbourne today, and uh, if anyone's watched the North Melbourne video, my big criticism of them is they're a one-trick pony. Get the ball to Ben Brown. Mm-hmm. And my case notes for North were they need to try and develop a second and a third to kind of alleviate the pressure on Ben. Mm-hmm. So the defence has an idea of if we take out Ben, someone else is going to take the mark. And that was what happened today. I mean, Sam Walsh suffered from it a lot. The, some of the forward lead-ups were shocking today. It kind of, you could see it wasn't our first choice choice forward line. It kind of got a lot worse when Jack Martin left as well, because Jack Martin looked like him. that was a real game. Jack Martin played four quarters. He could have been that difference maker. But for me, you've got to look as well that you've got Martin to come back full time four quarters. You've also got Betts to come back four quarters. So, therefore, the pressure increases, the movement gets better, spaces start to open up, and Casbolt works better, really, when he's isolated. He's a little bit like LeBron James is now. If you can isolate him, he'll dominate. But if you allow him to have two or three people on him, that's where it kind of struggles for him. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, that that forward line can only get better, and so can the back line. Like, that's the beautiful thing. I thought back line and forward line was probably our weak areas today. That can only get better because that's where all of our injuries and all of our rested players are.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think I think also with this, and Riley's talking about it here as well. It's a good point. I literally was about to make it. He's talking about it's all going to look better once Garv and Harry are back and Eddie obviously at their feet. It'll look more cohesive. Today was more a delivery inside than anything else. The only thing is, you know, we don't know if we don't think Harry's going to be available round one, maybe not round two. McGovern, I mean, it seems like he might play next week or he's going to have to play next week, I feel, if he's going to be considered for round one. I'm not too worried about him in the sense that he's had, I guess, since July, really, to get his body right. So it's been an extended preseason, as such. But, yeah, we really need one more tall tall body down there is is what I saw anyway. Yeah, I think the forward structure just kind of lacked a bit of cohesion. You could
1: see that there was a lot of players playing there that probably wouldn't be there. Particularly in the back line as well, there was a lot of silly mistakes. You could see Doc had a bit of ring rust as well, and it was a bit like last week against Collingwood. It took him a while to find that niche. I mean, let, let let's be honest. I mean, I, I hate being positive on this show when I can sense a vibe of negativity. Yeah, yeah. But come on, guys, I'm still up and about. The Liddy city still back. And I think we've got a lot of good players to come in that team. I think if you put Cripper in there, Murphy in there, that would have shored up the midfield, it would have created space. I think if McGovern was up forward, you'd have two targets. I think if Jack could play four quarters, that would have helped out because his movement was impeccable. He looked really lively. And I think you've also got the bets factor as well there as well. So that's that's gonna pull men away from our mid our forwards as well. Yep. So yeah, I mean, I think it was it wasn't the greatest performance, but there was enough to take out of that game. That
0: the game style is right; it's just the application we're waiting on. Yeah, we've obviously got another another uh, another game next week where the, the skills have to be better because you can't obviously sh- turn up to round one kicking the ball like we did today. Richmond will just carve us up. Um, I want to go through some of the notables today, or maybe some of the notables that I that I saw, and, and just get a bit of uh, a chat about it. Doherty is definitely one of them. Um, this was really his first proper hit out. Um, you know, it was some uncharacteristic turnovers from him. But not turnovers, just the way he was kicking the ball. He wasn't the only one, obviously. He didn't hit the targets as clearly as what we've come to see. But, obviously, it's his first game in nine, you know, over 900 days. So, I'm not too worried. The main focus for me when it came to Sam Doherty today was, hey, he just got through four quarters. And it was good because, you know, obviously, Cruiser played a half. Jack Martin played a half. You, I wouldn't have been surprised if doc had only played that first half as well, so to see him get four quarters under his belt, it's another layer of confidence in his in his mind obviously the knee held up he had a few contests in there, a few tackles and, and these are little things that he's going to have to gradually add to his game before he can really move with confidence
1: yeah i mean i think I think the highlights for me though was that things that I remember Dock for and I probably remember boring things, but I remember. He always managed to find space, so there could be another kick inside 50 that just calmed things down. And he did that a lot of times today. While they were doing a forward press and just had the easy, uncontested mark that allowed the ball to keep moving a bit forward up the ground. And that's something that Cowton lacked last year and the year before. So that's a really exciting factor for me. He's a very cool head, a very calm head down the back. And you could see there was a lack of ring rust there. But we have got another hit out against Brisbane, and I'm sure by round one, there is enough there to say to me that the dock of old is here. It just needs massaging and bringing out.
0: Yeah. He's got to get through a few games now. He's obviously got to do the recovery process, the extra stretching and, and preparation. And again, it's I'm just happy that he got the four quarters under his belt and we can move on to next week. He's obviously, he played he played in the practice game against Collingwood, got some match minutes there. I'm not sure what we're going to do with him next week. That's obviously something the club will decide. But for me, he looks like he's fine to play next week. Maybe next week's the week where he plays a half and then sits the second half. I thought the most
1: exciting thing was the bump on Cade Simpson. And that was... Do you remember halfway through last year when we were questioned about our commitment when a player got hurt, when Murphy got hurt? Yep. Now, the next week we scripted a melee to prove we were together... That's the intensity I want at Cowan Football Club. It was a disgusting late bump on an old man, a veteran. And to see Doc, you know, get in there with four o' people, it fired the cockles. I forgot it was pre-season. I was up and about in the living room.
0: No, it was good. It had a bit of a symbol to it. I thought it was obviously the captain flying the flag. That's his role in a team. Um, No, I thought it was good. And, And for Doc as well, just to assert himself and say, hey... This is my back line. These are my guys. It, it, it was good. I, I, I did enjoy that. Obviously, they ended up kicking a goal as a direct result of it. But I don't think you can ever complain when your captain stands up for his players like that. He, he said to me that was
1: together, and he said to me that that's sometimes I think what this football club has missed passion for playing for the club. And you can see Doc loves the club. Yeah. Loves the club. I mean, Marsh Cup in the middle of nowhere, and he's getting into a scrap. Yeah. Like, that's dedication.
0: Got a lot of time for that. Yep. Absolutely. Let's move on. Let's let's talk about uh, a guy who played well last week, uh, Cam Paulson. I thought. Oh, where do we where do we start with Mr. Cam?
1: I mean, let's go positives first. His positioning's it, it, it's still okay. His intensity yeah. is there. He really does try, but. What worries me is even today his disposals under no pressure yeah. were borderline atrocious, and that worries me when there's no pressure. Now playing at halfback, you weren't going to get many easy touches anyway, but some of them were just beyond abysmal, and I feel see his intensity, but come a time at this football club where seeing and believing are two different things, so. I'm still willing to give him time and let him develop his game. He's got a lot of elite kicks down the back to pass on the tricks of the trade. But for me, he just seems to be lacking that basic hand-eye coordination to hit a target. Like, he was struggling to hit targets. Like, there was one, if you go to, like, the third quarter, two minutes to go, when they got a behind, and the ball hit the stanchion and came back in. Yep. And Paulson went to kick it to Cade Simpson, He was going to take the kick in. And he missed that kick. And that doesn't yeah. even
0: count as part of the game. Yeah, look, it was a lot of them did it today. Um, but Cam is obviously under a bit of a spotlight because of a few reasons. One, we're playing him in defence. This is seemingly that next role, and he's really got to take his opportunity now. And and two, I think he's, he's a little tantalising in the fact that, like you said, the effort's there, and you do feel for him because, you know, he, he attacks the ball, he has a go, playing in defence, he's got the attacking mindset and then you think here we go and then he just undoes that hard work with the kicking and because he's got that spotlight on him because he's man kicked four goals today you know it's obviously the criticism's going to come for him and it seems to be like he's he's not running out of time but he doesn't have as much time as the other younger guys to to sort of make it work you, you would feel that his time as a forward is probably not going to be there because we've gone and added more forwards and we're not playing him as a forward so yeah this is a role that he's going to have to lock down and I'm not sure what we're going to do next week because guys like O'Brien and Stocker and the like need to come through uh, maybe even Hugh Goddard so yeah it's an interesting one but um you know we'll, we'll see how that one goes he, talk- he, remind,
1: he reminds me of in year nine there was a girl that I used to have a crush on called Stephanie Tallison. yep And, like, I used to buy her lunch, walk her home, carry her books, really liked her. So it's almost like that, like, there's all this potential there, only to have the rug pulled out of my carpet. Yeah. So it it feels like that because you can see it, but it's just lacking the basics. Yeah. I don't know if it's a mental thing or it is actually a skill thing. And I'm, I'm, I'm in between where I feel. But I
0: really hope he does it. I really hope he does. Me too. The other one as well, Jacob Wiedering. And, you know, he's, obviously we're big advocates for Jacob. And we've been talking him up, the old Australian. He's been, he's been dominating at training. And the, the, the sense that I got today from Jacob's game was, oh, he's been playing against our lack of forwards at training. Because I thought his first two, two and a half quarters... I thought his disposal was terrible uh, because he's someone that I look at and just you just see the way the ball spins when he gives it a drop punt. It's just so clean, but he didn't have that today and then he sort of had a, a good fourth quarter in terms of his positioning and the body work. He started to see it. He did get better as the game went on, but he took a while to get going, Jacob. I, I
1: thought the back line... When I used to play golf, golf pros used to get together and we used to say that you can catch shanks. So if you ever practice with a bad player, we always used to say you can catch it. And it used to be a myth. Well, then today I saw our backline, and it was almost like Jones had a few loose kicks and he passed it on to Weeterin, who passed it on to Willow, who passed it on to Doc. It was like contagious at one point. It was like, it was almost like, you know, they were catching it and it was a weird thing. But I mean, for me, he stayed close to his man, so did Jones. It probably wasn't their best game, but it was a very good run-out for them. I mean, one thing that worried me, though, is Rory Lobb. He he found space at will. He, he found space, and he's someone that I don't really rate. So to see him kind of get away from his man at will at times yeah. was kind of worrying. But I've got no fear about Jones. The intensity wasn't there, and I kind of got the impression that the intensity wasn't always there. And I don't know if that was, like speaking to my Geelong friends, they all knew they were going to lose this game. And it was a big message that it was going to be a very laxadaisical approach to the game and just get some cobwebs out. I don't know if Cowan had a similar philosophy. Yeah, But it didn't seem quite right, the back line. It kind of at times felt like it was a training exercise and there was no will in intent.
0: Yeah, hundred percent agree. I, I noticed that early in the game, and it, it, it was it was. I had a note here. There was a, there were two moments in the first quarter where Jacob had his man take a mark, you know, in, in a lead in front of him, and uh, it just sort of frustrated me early on because I've got high expectations of him. But again, the the main thing from the game is you know did they did he finish the game out better than what he started? And I thought Jacob definitely did. Um, I want to talk about another one, Tom DeConing today. Uh, I saw I saw enough today to be to be satisfied with where he's at. In the sense that I thought he competed well enough in the ruck. I thought he presented a target. I didn't think he, I don't think he got outmarked when he was a forward that needed to present. Um, he obviously set up in a sense, set up that goal for Ed Kuno who roved it very well. And again, it was it was a tick for me. One of the other positives was for me Tom DeConning. I I, I think he's still
1: just like lacking five kgs of raw muscle. But aside from that, he looks like he's developing and he's a tantalising prospect because he didn't look horrible in the rook. He looks serviceable. And I thought when he goes forward as well, he, he kind of has a really good game sense. He seems to get in the right spots. He seems to know when to tap it on instead of go for a mark. Sometimes he taps it along the ground as well to advantage of players. Them little kind of one percenters that there isn't a stat for. He does that well. So I mean, for me, the signs are really he's blowing into a exciting to see his development.
0: Yeah, for sure. All right, I'm going to open this up for everyone out there. Uh, get some of your comments through, and we'll chat about it. This one here from Pecco Train, Dow Gibbons, Kennedy. Cunningham, Nunes, all quiet. I agree with that. Uh, I think by their own standards, I think out of all of those, I think Gibbons was the best one out of all of them. Um, but yeah, I, I, I mean, I thought Dow had his moments. He he does this thing where he's got the confidence through his hips to try that explosive move, and he does it all the time. It, it's like he does it every time he gets the ball. He tries to keep the ball above his head and explode through a pack. And you sort of got to, it seems like he's got to change it up from time to time. He got caught eventually because I think the Frio midfield was caught on to what he was going to do every time he got the ball. And when it pays off, it looks good. When it doesn't pay off, it doesn't look so good. And um, again, he was a guy that had some ups and some downs throughout the game. It didn't really change. There wasn't, I mean, I'm, I'm not overly satisfied. I'm not overly disappointed with his game. But yeah, I thought across the board, these five here were definitely down on what we've seen from them in the preseason.
1: Uh, I think. Peko trends hit the nail on the head. I think they were quiet. I think with Dow, if you watch Dow, and I, I I beg everyone to re-watch the game after this show, but if you go and watch Dow when he gets the ball in the same positions that Walsh does, you'll notice he does this like stutter step before he goes, and it's almost like he's trying to work out what to do next. Mm. Where you watch Walsh, he just does it. And I think... I see a lot of Dow and a lot of Poulsen and a lot of Gibbons at the moment. They've kind of got like too many thoughts going through their head. It's almost like they want to do something, but then they have like kind of that analysation can I do it? And I think that that delay causes them all sorts of problems. Where you watch Walsh, it's instinctive. He's gone. He's done it. Yep. And if he gets caught, he gets caught. So what? We'll get the ball back. Kind of almost looks like they're playing under pressure. found a lot of it and then he kind of like I forgot he was on the field until the fourth
0: quarter which is a worry Yep. Gavin says that Wiedering had eight eight intercept possessions he thought that we were a little rough on him yeah I mean I think I think that, that we might have been but I, Frio were also very poor in moving the ball forward we lost by what did we lose by in the end 40 odd 40 yeah 40 sorry 37 points I think Frio butchered the ball moving forward as well. So that that's where Wieter well, obviously... If you,
1: if you lose by more than six goals, I think you're mad to rate any defender over a six and a half. Yeah. Um, firstly. But I, I don't think we were harsh to Wieter in our...
0: I just thought Wieter didn't look his best. Yeah, he just didn't, like, didn't kick the ball very well early on. And he's one of the better ball users in the team.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, my, my critique of it was just the disposal. I thought, apart from that, he did well and I thought he stuck to his, his man. My exact words where he looked man very well, so he did. I just, just for me, it didn't feel
0: the usual backline dominance from Liam Jones and where you're in. Yeah. Cameron says it was the same story when we put the B team in versus Collingwood. We had when we had Murph, Plow, Crips, Betts, etc. We looked a million bucks. Trial by fire for trial by fire for the young guys. Walsh and Fish stepped up, and just a reality that some of our youth are still a few steps ahead behind. That's pretty much spot on right there. I, I, I can't disagree. Was that young Cameron Dean? No, it was Cameron, Cameron Dominic Thorne.
1: Oh, I was going to say, Cameron Dean's a, a, a Packenham boy, I yep. found out the other day. But yep. no, I agree with him. I, I thought that's a big takeout as well, that it has to be said, and we said this in our Collingwood review, there was times where we looked bad when the first team has left. Yep. And I thought it was a really good exercise today to see there was probably about six players playing for... Four spots in the twenty-two. Mm-hmm. And it, it was quite alarming
0: how far some of them are away. Yep. Debbie's talking about Gibbo here. She's hoping he's okay. I saw the ankle roll. It looked worse than it looked worse on TV than what it seemed to be because he was on the bench and upbeat and talking and moving and he was icing it obviously. But yeah, that is a nasty roll and he'll probably definitely miss I would have thought I would have thought next week. Uh, I I think if someone can correct me I believe that was the only injury for the day Um, we got a message from from Dane who was at the game tonight who said that uh, Cruiser didn't really move very well he was just really just to get a half into his lungs and see how he went so hopefully Cruiser's okay Uh, we did speak about Jack Martin I thought he was good Um, the tackling pressure you can see it's there and some of the thoughts that I had about Jack Martin throughout the game were, you know, I wonder—is he going to be able to play that combative style with that frame for twenty-two rounds? Is that maybe why he starts season so well and and tires out a little bit? Did you do you feel that way, or do you just think that's just the way his frame is and that's how he plays? When I saw
1: Jack Martin line up today for Carlton after a quarter, the last time I felt like the way that I did it was like the first time I ever heard the white album by the Beatles. So that was one of the best moments of my life. And today, this is the second, he looks a quality footballer, man. Yep. Like he oozes class. I thought all the questions we had, is Jack Martin a good player? To me, a half cock Jack Martin is probably better than anyone. We've had play half forward midfield at Cowan football club yep. for two decades. So I, I, I'm super excited. Imagine him, Kicking it into bats. Like, yeah. forget about it.
0: No, it's, it's it's a good point. It's a very good point. Uh, I'm, I'm keen to see them link up. I hope they all get the game next week. I hope that we go relatively full strength next week because you, you, we've got to get cohesion with these guys, particularly knowing that the tall boys aren't there. So I feel like the game, the way we move the ball forward has to adjust without the big boys there. and We just didn't do that today. But... Um, Martin is going to be instrumental to that.
1: I think some of the players that I'm missing, we've got to understand, so like TPI tracks a stat of the ability to draw people to you. So Cripps scores really high on that. On average, Cripps draws two players off their man when he plays in the midfield. Murphy looking at the stats, 1.1. So, And also Betts is a natural two player as well. So you throw Betts into the forward line, That is creating space for a minimum of another
0: forward.
1: Yeah. Rips is in the midfield. That's creating space for two midfielders. Add Murphy in there. That's two and a half midfielders. So Walsh and Fisher suddenly have more touches. Ed Kurnow can affect the game. Setterfield can affect affect the game. Dow's going to have more space. Forward forward line. Kennedy's going to have more space. And Casbolt needs space. So there you are. Just say it's Casbolt and um, Casbolt and Kennedy. Betts slotting in there and Martin are going to help out. Casbolt looked a lot better when Martin was there. So I'm excited by that. And I think you can't underestimate how important they are to the system. So to understand our game style, it needs players to do stuff off the ball to allow players to receive the ball. Mm -hmm. And they're four big outs,
0: four big outs in this game style. I want to mention Mark Pittinett, Shad Watson. Good evening to you, mate. He, met, he uh, he's asking us what do we think. I I personally thought, and again, the same comment that I made in his preview is the same comment I'm going to make now. He's combative, he's competitive, he's a little nasty and narky, and he plays to his strengths. He knows that he's not a ruckman that's going to jump over the top of the other ruckman, and he plays accordingly. He's a bit of a bruiser. I I really like the fact that he can take a mark in traffic, particularly in defence. Um, he didn't get a chance too much to go forward and do that. But uh, I, I like the signs of what I'm seeing. What, what, one of my favourite words in the English-Jewish language
1: is chutzpah. And oh, the that, chutzpah. Is the way, that is the way you describe old Mark, isn't it? He's got a lot of it. Yep. Do you know what I mean? He's got a lot of it. What I love about him is he knows his limitations and he slots back into that hole between half-back and midfield and he takes intercept marks, which allows T to play that half-backed flank dictated transition football. And he's a really important player to do that. Where you watch Cruiser, he more rubs forward. Pitternette moves back of the ball. And I like that because a lot of the good ruckmen now, particularly gone, they do that. They slot into that hole. And it makes it very hard to enter inside 50 very quickly. And yeah, I, I love Pernet. I, I, I've got a lot of time for him. He's really growing into this role. But there is a limit, but he knows and he to them, which is really important.
0: Yep, for sure, for sure. Um, Anthony Walsh is asking here, J-Sos or Kennedy for the forward pocket? Um, I I, I'm, I think Jack Silvani is ahead of Kennedy if I had to pick between the two. Uh, I thought Kennedy sort of... Was there, but not. He had his. He had a nice moment, clean handle, which set up a goal. I think it was for Lang. Um, but I thought Jack added what Jack had last year with that ability to not go to ground and strength through the hips. I saw that again today. Uh, the the footy smarts are there. Obviously, needs to win the ball a little bit more. But if I had, if I personally had to pick between these two, I'd go Jack. What about you? I think Jack's got a, a
1: point of difference, and I, I I love Jack's game. I have a lot of time for Jack Silvani. He really is one of Calton's real triers and someone that you can see puts a lot of work into what they're doing. He's he's rolled with the punches. Bit of a round at Calton, I think, coming in as the son of Silvani. And I think there was a lot of pressure on him. And he's really built into the role. So yeah, for me, I'm taking Silvani every day at the moment.
0: Yep. Shad's taking Kennedy, Lana's taking Jack, Gavin's taking Gavin's taking Jack, it seems. He says that Jack has had a, Jack had a shocker, but he'll come good because he's got heart. Peter Vlahos, is taking Jack. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I don't know if we can play the two of them unless we have to if we've got injuries. But yeah, I think they're both fighting for one spot in that forward slash mid role. And again, a good depth uh, situation there. Um, who else here? Who else do I want to touch on? Let's talk about, what about Will Setterfield? I, I sort of came into this game thinking he was one of the, the core players I wanted to watch, knowing Cripsy's out and, you know, Setterfield having to play that that type of inside role. I didn't really come out of that game talking much about Will Cedarfield or thinking much about Will Setterfield as what I uh, am, Zach Fisher and Sam Walsh, uh, for whatever reason. So that, that's, that was my, that's my take on uh, Setterfield's game. It,
1: it, he kind of just missed a bit too many short targets Yeah, for me. Um it wasn't his usual clean performance. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's going to be a little bit of a different role for him when he's usually got Cripps and old Murphy mm-hmm. next to him. So it's a big responsibility playing that central midfield position. Very, very tough job to do for him, um, especially when you're missing key players like that. So, I mean, it wasn't his greatest game, but, I mean, we move on. He's probably learned a lot. T keeps saying you either win or you learn. So today was a learning experience for a lot of players.
0: Yep. I want to turn our focus to the votes for today, and I want to get everybody involved in this. Uh, Dan, I don't know if I've got you on the spot here, but I want you to give me a a three votes, two votes, and one vote. Uh, And everyone who's watching this, please put your three votes, two votes, one vote, because I really want to tally them up this year and, and see how we are on track. I think they worked really well last week. Um maybe we can discuss it and debate it, Dan, but who are you thinking for the best on ground? Okay, best on ground.
1: Uh, oh,
0: like um like I've like I've got Walsh and Fisher three two. I'll probably give I'll probably give Fish the three just because, you know, he's good to us on Instagram and I'll give Walsh the two. Um but yeah, I, I feel like those were the two best players of the day.
1: I think Walsh three, and he gets it purely for his tackling pressure on yep. Fisher. Yep. Sorry, Zach. I know you're a big fan of the channel. I apologise. <laughs> Please don't unlike us because I went Sam. <laughs> Zach Fisher, you get two. Really phenomenal game. And my one vote goes to Jack, the Beatles, Martin. What? If we give three. Votes, Half a day's work. You deserve it because you had some moments. That really excited me. So there are my three votes.
0: Yep. I'm going to give Levi the one vote. I thought he got better as the game went on. And just from a, from a, in terms of the importance his role is to the way we are going to actually score. I thought he did that pretty well today. I thought he got better as the game went on. I thought he probably had a, yeah, a much better second half than the first. Once he started clunking them, he started looking a lot better and a lot of confidence. So, Yep, yeah, uh, I'm going to go the I'm going to go the Fisher three, Walsh two, Levi one, and you're going to go the Walsh three, Fisher two, and Martin one. Um, so I like the way you've
1: given Levi one vote, so you've got a contingency plan if Zach Fisher removes us. Or at least <laughs> Debbie O'Connor will stay. I like that. I like your thinking. I should think more like that.
0: Yeah, mate.
1: Uh, Jack Martin for me.
0: It's um, it's chestnut checkers, mate.
1: We've got our draft tomorrow as well, and like Jack Ma- Martin is. Yeah,
0: he's primed. I'm buying into it. He, he's I'm buying pr- into it. buying into the hype. He's primed, mate. So, yeah, if you haven't put your votes in yet, put them in. We'll tally them up after the show and, and reveal the, the consensus votes for the game, perhaps tomorrow. Um, some other people I want to talk about before we head off. Uh, and again, if you have any questions, please, this will be the, the time to do it. We'll only go for a couple more minutes. Um, what do you think of Darcy Lang today? I think
1: it's that, like I feel like every time we review Darcy Lang, we should just record it and play it every time. It's annoying because he gets the ball in such good positions, and you can see he's got so much good football IQ. Mm-hmm. But it's a little bit like going to Audi. It kind of looks like every footballer, but it tastes horrible, and you just want the brand name. Mm-hmm. And it's really sad. It's just that end product. There's a lot of players we could describe, that are, but for me, Darcy Lang. It kind of says to me that playing for Geelong is an easy gig because he kind of covered up maybe some of the cracks. He just doesn't seem to have that, that that finish. But he gets into some wonderful positions. Like, if you could get give that guy anyone else's legs, he'd be a top-20 footballer. His movement is impeccable. Yep.
0: Yep. Good point here from Riley. One to ponder. Simpson, Williamson, and Newman, I feel, are a competing for two spots who goes I totally agree I, I think there's two of them that will be playing for the majority of the year for for, for you know two spots for three guys maybe it's a bit of a debate topic um, in terms of what I saw today I didn't think Willow was as good today as what I saw him last week um, he did cop that boot to the face and he copped a few knocks and seems to be okay Um, he had a few of those really cool moments where you just see him lower his eyes and try that bullet kick. And he's really a hallmark of that Teague game plan or that Teague message in that he talks a lot about take that risk kick. You know, if you think it's there, go for it. And I think we did that a lot today. Just just, those kicks didn't pay off. But Williamson is one that plays that game style. So I feel like early on, Simo's going to have the runs on the board and get that position if, if they're fighting for one spot. But I think as the season goes on, Williamson has that chance to take it over.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean if I was picking the team, I'd, I'd have Newman would be the one that drops out for me. Okay. I just find his defensive positioning is atrocious, and there was a few times he was just nowhere in sight, and you could see he's looking around as if to say, "How did that happen?" Mm-hmm. So, I mean, for me, that's my issue with Newman all along. He's just he doesn't stick close to his man. He wanders and he gets caught. In that no man's land, too often, where Willow does stick to do his job, and I do like that about Willow. So for me, like if I mean, block, seek out and drop in Simo till like round twelve, thirteen. Yeah. So for me, it's Simo and Willow. For me, I think Willow offers us more reliability and more aggression moving forward.
0: Yeah. There isn't too much of a rush with Willow. He's he's in a not dissimilar position to to Doherty in that he has missed a lot of football. So it's not the end of the world if he plays in the Northern Blues round one and works his way in because he's just missed a lot. We want to get him to be playing for six weeks and recovering for six weeks and making sure he's getting through week to week and the body's he's holding up. That's obviously a, a consideration for him. Well, I think it's all
1: retrospect, isn't it, if we can wait on him. I mean, I've got him in my super coach side, so, like, I
0: need him round one, mate. <laughs> so. All right, mate. Thank you so much for the heat maps. Actually, before I go, I'm going to put them up again. I'm going to put them up again. So the first one here, if you haven't seen these, these are the, these are the heat maps that Dan is creating for us. Uh, these are exclusive. They haven't come out anywhere else. I don't think the stats are being taken like this on AFL on the AFL website. So thanks for, for your work here. This is Zach Fisher's heat map here. You can see where he did his damage all around the ground. And the next one here you'll see on screen is the Sam Walsh one. And really the, the takeaway I, when I look at both of them I look at possessions all over the ground which tells me they're running both ways ticking those boxes and uh, getting the ball in dangerous areas so we'll put them up as a post and you've got a couple more that you'll you'll uh, put together for us Dan and, and maybe explain them in the video um, but mate great to have you on great to chat to you guys we'll have a, a review session tomorrow as well uh, in separate videos and we'll go from there have a good night and go the blues
1: God